the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by the Federation for American Immigration Reform and George Rodriguez on 930 AM, The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas, on this beautiful Saturday, February 18th, 2023. Welcome to the show, my friends. We've got a packed one today. So, uh, what's been going on? Well, uh, again, my friends, I don't know. I don't know how safe you feel, but here in San Antonio, we've got a defund the police movement that uh, is. Uh, I mean, obviously, the, the the local media is helping it, but uh, at the same time, while we've got this defund the police movement, we also have a wide open border. Uh huh. Yes, we do. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, as we reported here, uh, they uh, caught a uh, an Iranian who was uh, entering illegally, who was on the terrorist list. Uh, in the meantime, we've got uh, a spy balloon floating. Well, we've got several of them, apparently, floating over the country. And, uh, and then uh, a series of, uh, of individuals who were on the, um, on the uh, murder list, who were, had warrants out in places like Nebraska, Iowa, Michigan, Ohio have been caught at the border as well. So uh, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, it's a, it's a pretty safe place here in San Antonio. Folks, we got to do something about it. Let me tell you who our guests are, who are going to tell you what needs to be done. Um, first of all, we've got our my, my good friend and great congressman, the only congressman, in my opinion, that's really standing up and being very, very vocal about this whole situation with socialism and the open border. Uh, Congressman Chip Roy from the 21st District of Texas. He's going to be on. He's going to talk to us about um, his uh, recent visit, uh, a tour that he gave to several congressmen at the border. Uh, We also have Sheriff Roy Boyd from Goliad County, Texas. Sheriff Boyd is uh, the president of the um, uh, Sheriff's Association that uh, is involved right now in uh, trying to address the issue of the border from the state perspective, from a state-local perspective. Uh, Then we've got uh, Congressman Randy Weber, who is from the 14th District of Texas. That is the coastal area. He's going to be chatting with us about uh, the battles that he's got uh, with regards to the energy issue as well as the public safety issue. The uh, border is no longer at the border, my friends. It is in our backyards. It is everywhere. And uh, he's going to be chatting with us about that. Finally, we have um, Ron Kobach, who is the uh, press secretary for the Federation for American Immigration Reform, FAIR. They are the uh, premier organization in Washington, D.C. that speaks out on uh, illegal immigration. So, folks, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking time to be with us. Please support us. Please tell your friends about our show Uh, We are the only ones that really, really talk straightforward about uh, the problems at the border, the border crisis, the illegal immigration issue, and we tell it like it is. So, folks, welcome to the show. Let's go to our first guest, Congressman Chip Roy. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. And we've got our very, very good friend, Congressman Chip Roy from... uh, here in San Antonio, uh, my district, and I'm very, very proud of him, I wanted to get him on because he is now on the Judiciary Committee, among other subcommittees, but he's also on the uh, Judiciary Committee, and I wanted to get his views. Congressman, welcome to the show, as usual. 
We, George, great to be on. Um, en route to Eagle Pass as we speak, and great to be on your show. Thank you very much. Let me tell you, the past couple of weeks, we've had a spy balloon fly over. We've had an Iranian uh, illegal alien who was on the terrorist list stopped in Eagle Pass, or I believe at Del Rio, one of those two, right there in that sector where you're going. Uh, as well as we've had the the um, uh, the Democrats, uh, over a hundred of them, not vote against uh, condemning uh, the uh, the uh, system of socialism. What is going on in D.C. and uh, what uh, what are we to think about all of this? Well, look, you have an administration that is somewhere between incompetent and purposefully damaging the country uh, and everywhere in between. And you saw it on full display when you have a simple resolution saying that we should stand athwart socialism. You, you couldn't even get uh, a, uh, you know, all Democrats, but you, know, you lost a hundred Democrats saying they wouldn't condemn socialism. Um, that's the state of affairs, right? I mean, uh, even when I in rules committee put up Maxine Waters' own words against her that she'd said she'd take over, uh, you know, companies, private companies, and, and uh, you know, as a liberal. I said, well, is this not socialist? She goes, uh, she wouldn't answer the question. And then she said, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not a socialist, I'm a capitalist. She's like, okay, well, I mean, you know, <laughs> explain your words, right? But that, that's the state of things right now. The balloon, right? We had a briefing yesterday, total garbage, total nonsense. Um, the, the world knows when they have a weak leader. And they're exploiting it. And that's true with the balloons in China. That's true with what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. But it's true with the border, where you've got Mexico, who knew full well when Biden came in, oh, oh joy, we're going to just let people flood on in. And uh, and now we're dealing with the consequences of that, because we have not, a, not just a weak leader, but a deceitful weak leader who is uh, lying to the American people on a regular basis. We, you know, we have seen the... Um uh, the numbers go up, and now we are seeing how they are playing a game where they technically, where they say that they provide uh, parole in Mexico, so therefore they don't have to claim that these people coming in are illegal aliens. Uh, can, can you, are you guys going to address that as well as the uh, issue with, uh, with Mayorkas, an impeachment of Mayorkas? Well, George, this is one of the fundamental issues that all um, Americans, particularly Texans, your listeners, San Antonians, need to understand. If you do not stop the abuse of our laws through misguided policies under this administration or any administration, you will not have border security. There are some of my colleagues who like to say that if you're talking about the need to ensure that we are enforcing our laws through the policies at the border with respect to asylum claims, with respect to how we process individuals, they will say that that is uh, immigration policy, not border security. Well, that's not true. That's false. Border security requires enforcement of the law or you don't have border security. That's the bottom line. You and I both support a wall. Most of your listeners support a wall. You can build a 100-foot wall, a 100-foot tall, a 100-foot wide from the Gulf of Mexico to San Diego. But if you're going to allow individuals to come to the United States and immediately just say the word asylum, get processed and released into the United States, or if you're going to build an app like you're referring to, where individuals can be coming up in Mexico and fill out an app saying, hey, I'm, I'm uh, Bob here and I want asylum, and they want to come on into the United States and get released, and we're going to release them then you do not have border security. And when when individuals try to say that if you dare challenge that, that you therefore want to bully or in any way ban asylum, or that you're somehow unchristian, then that is uh, misrepresenting the facts intentionally. It's wrong. And we as Americans, Texans, people in Central Texas and South Texas in particular, we need to stand up against that and we need to stand up for enforcement of the law. I, I couldn't agree more. L let me ask you this uh, last uh, question, because um, this past week, in fact, last Sunday, uh, the uh, the 8th, um, or, or was that, excuse me, the, not the 8th, but the, um, uh, the 12th, the um, uh, sheriff of Kenny County, right there next to Del Rio, had to ask counties in Texas, as well as counties in Oklahoma and other states, to come help him because the federal government has not done its job of helping 
to address the uh, invasion that's going on. And he, uh, I mean, his citizens, he's got a huge county, and uh, it's very sparsely populated. He's had to ask folks for volunteers, uh, counties for volunteers. Uh, and the state has stepped up in, in some ways, but, I mean, definitely the federal government has not done its job. Can we get the federal government to do anything under this administration? Yeah, two, two answers to that. But first, a recognition. The reason I'm going down to Eagle Pass now and hope to see some of these sheriffs or ranchers at some point today is that they need help. They need to know that some of us are trying to fight for them because they're under siege every single day. While Washington dilly-dallies, frankly, Texas, we need to do more our, our, uh, you know, at the state and local level, and other states help us out. But we've got to, at the end of the day, hold the federal government accountable to do its job. And so, number one, we need to pass legislation in the House of Representatives that is a Republican majority to demand that we enforce the laws of the United States and stop releasing people into the United States. We can do that. But we need to have the backbone and courage to do it. It could be my bill, H.R. 29, which would require that, or it could be another piece of legislation. But in pass it, we must, number one. Number two, if Republicans are serious about honoring their commitment to the people that they represent to secure the border of the United States, then they should darn well use the power of the purse to do it. When we're talking about the debt ceiling, asking me to approve borrowing two or three trillion more dollars or or funding the government by September, I can promise you I'm going to demand fundamental change for my vote. And I'm going to hold Republicans accountable for fundamental change for my vote to raise the debt to raise the debt ceiling. We must all do that whether it's limiting spending, undermining the bureaucratic state, ending an FBI attacking the American people like Scott Smith, the dad who dared challenge a school board, undermining our security with a DHS that lies, lies about Americans, lies about Border Patrol agents. We should go after that woke, weaponized bureaucratic state. We should defund it, cut their dollars down to uh, reasonable levels, pre-COVID levels, and then we should demand DHS do its job. We should demand that the federal government uh, stand up and secure the border of the United States. We have the power to do that. We fund it. We should demand it. Music to my ears. <laughs> Let me tell you, this uh, this issue of asking for more money and raising the debt ceiling, uh, that scares me. I mean, that scares me just as much as this whole situation of a open border and now people coming in through Canada. Incredible. Incredible. Well, George, I don't want to blindly raise the debt ceiling. At some point, if we're going to continue to function, we're probably going to have to continue to borrow some more money until we get everything back on track, because I don't think we can balance in one year. But we ought to darn well try to balance in five to ten years, and we have a plan and a path to do that, but Republicans have got to stand up and stop dilly-dallying. We need to demand that the federal government do its job, stop spending money we don't have to fund the very bureaucrats who are undermining our freedom and our security amen. now amen amen congressman thank you so much for taking time for, from your busy schedule to be with us uh i i know how, how how busy you are and we love the fact that you keep fighting for our freedoms and liberties uh, well george you keep doing what you're doing i'll come on anytime i can it's, it's always a matter of scheduling it but uh love you guys and love the audience and and uh and uh, always happy to come on god bless you brother you take care once again my friends we've been speaking with our good friend congressman chip roy from the 21st district here in texas thank you very much howdy 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 once again my friends george rodriguez el conservador talking to you from san antonio deep in the heart of south texas and we've got uh our good friend sheriff roy boyd uh the sheriff of goliad county texas and uh i wanted to get him on because he has been very very active in the issue related uh to the problems in south texas coming about because of the open border. In fact, um, he uh, was even in Georgia addressing some problems or uh, informing them, I guess. We're going to ask him about that. Sheriff, thank you very much for taking time to be with us. Well, thank you for having me, George. I appreciate it. Let me ask you, first of all, the recent uh, State of the Union address by the president, President Biden, do you think it adequately addressed the issues that we are facing here in South Texas uh, regarding the border? <laughs> oh, in no way at all did it address anything uh, 
uh, adequately from the economy to uh, unemployment to uh, the other issues that we face, including fentanyl. No, there was uh, there was no addressing of anything with uh, any real substance or any amount of the truth, to be quite honest with you. The uh, situation at the border um, continues to get even worse now. Um, my understanding is that they have re- removed some observation balloons that were able to at least take pictures of people coming across. They've been removed, as well as the um, the Border Patrol have been told that they cannot do any... Um, uh, they have to be careful with uh, chasing uh, smugglers in vehicles. Uh, your thoughts on all of that? <laughs> Uh, well, uh, that's uh, that's all exactly by design. The the administration wants open borders. They want mass illegal alien immigration. Uh, they want uh, I, I hate to say it, but they want the drugs to come over. And this is how you this is how you cause that to happen. This is all by design. None of it is happening uh, out of coincidence or out of anything other than the fact that this is all part of the plan. And, you know, they've been talking about doing away with the aerostats on the border for some time, and Border Patrol has been arguing that those uh, those blimps down there, which can see well over 25 miles on a clear day, that those have been huge deterrents uh, for the areas they're in for smuggling coming across. And uh, I guess they've deterred too much uh, activity, so the Biden administration decided they needed to go ahead and uh, take them down so we could go ahead and free up those new lanes of uh, smuggling opportunities for the cartels to uh, infiltrate our country and run us into the ground. Oh, my gosh. Uh, You have uh, been very, very outspoken on the issue of the cartels, and uh, we know that they are reaching all over the place. Um, Give us – tell us about uh, your visit to – to Georgia and where you think um, this whole cartel issue is going right now? Well, you know, the, the visit to Georgia, thanks to Senator Colton Moore of, uh, of the Georgia State Senate, he's the one who invited uh, uh, Brent Smith and Dale Carruthers and myself to, uh, to come out and speak to them and uh, kind of educate them on their committee. Uh, Georgia, I think, was really looking to maybe work with our legislature and Governor Abbott to try to uh, provide some sort of monetary or manpower assistance. But I think what we ended up doing when we got there was we opened their eyes to the fact that the cartel is not just in Texas, and this isn't just a Texas issue, but it's something that directly impacts them in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, they were not aware of the fact that uh, we, you know, we track smugglers that are going back and forth between uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and Brownsville, uh, and Roma, and places like that on a regular basis. And uh, they're doing that because the cartels have such a strong presence in Atlanta, Georgia, through their, you know, their ownership of, of small car dealerships. Uh, and from what I understand while I was out there, the thing that I learned from, from some of the folks out there <clears throat> was the fact that the cartels have, for the first time, basically orchestrated a, uh, a coalition between the Bloods and the Crips and some of the other major gangs in Atlanta to work for the cartel cartels and to uh, distribute their product right there in Georgia. You know, lots of folks have been saying, including yourself and myself, we've been talking to people and telling them that, um, you know, this is not a border issue anymore. This is in your backyard, regardless of where you live. I mean, if you if you live in Georgia, if you live in, in North Carolina, this problem is in your backyard now because, well, because that's where the money's going to be made. So, uh, I mean, what uh, what more can we do to say to speak to people, uh, to educate them about this problem? Well, I, I think the problem that, you know, you're probably even more aware of than I am, sir, is, is the fact that most of the media, unlike unlike yourself, most of them are, are, are just covering up for this or claiming it's not happening. Uh, I'm kind of shocked. My wife works from home, but she works with people up and down the eastern seaboard, and they don't believe any of this is happening. Yeah. The ones that even hear about it, most of them have never even heard about the border crisis, ever. Because if you don't take it off of CNN or MSNBC, the only thing you're ever going to see is a Democrat talking point. And the Democrats are not going to be talking about the border on those channels. The only time they talk about it is when Joe Biden goes to El Paso, and El Paso Democrats have already cleared the streets of all the illegals and run them all off for the two days so that Joe Biden can come down there and and look around and go, see, there's nothing to see here. And then he flies out and then the masses come back through or or move off to somewhere else. So 
uh, you know, educating the folks is very heartening because the censorship, you know, of our own government working hand in hand with with not only media but but the social media platforms to prevent the information from reaching the masses uh, should be an extremely scary thing to people. When the government has the ability to go to Twitter or Facebook and say, you know, we don't like that, and you should you should really not. You know, you should use your platform to hide that and suppress it, and the platform does. Uh, that's a totalitarian state, and unfortunately, that's where we find ourselves today, where we are slipping away from a free republic, and we are moving more into something that Karl Marx would have preferred. Yeah, you know, I couldn't agree more. I, I, every time that I post something nowadays on Facebook, uh, I get a little note that they're fact-checking it. <laughs> yeah, well, if... All that does is that verifies that what you're saying is correct. Because if they fact check it and claim it's false, then you know it's correct. Yeah. That's just how that functions. Which is why I don't do social media personally because, you know, I, I don't want to deal with that headache. Yeah. I'd much rather go out and get in a pursuit and uh, throw bad guys in jail than uh, type on my computer any day. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Let me ask you just just one last question regarding the uh, task force that the that the governor has put together. Um, I mean, I know that uh, that there are sheriffs in other counties that are desperately asking for assistance because the federal government obviously is not bringing any, is not providing any. Uh, do you still see that as a problem in uh, in 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 many areas? Yeah, you know, when when the federal government is actually aiding, abetting, and and promoting this, you know, transnational criminal activity. Uh, you know, you're not going to get much help out of most of them. There, there are good people. Just remember this, George. There are very good people in the federal system. There's a lot of really admirable and really good Border Patrol doing everything they can within the limited scope that they're given thanks to this administration. And the same goes for the Department of Homeland Security and for ICE. There are people within those organizations that are doing everything they can to help us. But unfortunately, the people up the chain are working uh, vigilantly trying to, as they realize that their people are helping us, cutting off the avenues that they have to provide us with that assistance. And so I, I think that, to be quite honest with you, at a local and state level, we have to ignore the federal government if we wish to solve this and look at the fact that the root of all of this is actually money. The cartel is in it to make money. The Mexican government is in it to make money. And so... I think that what we have to do is we have to look at this and take a stance where we enforce the state laws against these folks and make it to where their enterprise in Texas is no longer profitable. So they'll go somewhere else to conduct their business, go to New Mexico, go to Arizona, go to California, go to Nevada. But I can't stop immigration, and that's not what my job is. I, I enforce the law. And so I think I need to use, and I think all law enforcement, including the state of Texas, needs to abandon this whole we're going to catch them and turn them over to border patrol mentality and i think they need to go with the we're going to catch them and throw them in jail mentality because when the cartel's cargo and the cartel's people are sitting in our custody then the cartel can't make money off of it and for every day they can't make money that's a loss in revenue and i think the goal of law enforcement needs to be to enforce the law while ensuring that the cartel cannot generate revenue to maintain a, uh, a healthy uh, uh, profit margin on their operations. And like I said, by doing that, you can force them to go elsewhere to conduct their business. I mean, if you open a convenience store on the corner and nobody comes, you're eventually going to shut down or you may move to a different corner. And that's kind of the mentality we have to take. I couldn't we agree use, We use, use the laws that are on the books at the state level, do something about it, and eventually they'll go elsewhere. And that's really, to be quite honest with you, George, that's been very successful for us in this region. I couldn't agree more. I mean, you you really, I mean, you've got the opposite mentality, like in California, where they are welcoming people, and now they're freaking out because they've got so many and they've got cartel violence and whatnot going on. But uh, on the other hand, if you make it, if you, if you enforce the law uh, and make it unwelcoming for them, they're going to have to go someplace else. I couldn't agree more with you. 
So, you know, I think uh, maybe at some point, if uh, if you want to spend a little more time, I've got, uh, we can give you a pretty good rundown of what we've done with this Operation Lone Star Task Force uh, one day. Uh, but the task force, thanks to the uh, funding from the state legislature and Governor Abbott, we have been able to make a sizable dent in the uh, smuggling operations coming across in the RGV, which is a, a major contributor to why you see that the RGV in January had the lowest numbers since Trump was in office. And a lot of that goes back, kudos to the governor for providing us with the funding and kudos to all of our law enforcement partners uh, who made and to the Department of Homeland Security who really uh, helped us make this happen. Fantastic. Sheriff, thank you very, very much. You're right. I got to get you back on maybe next week to chat specifically about Operation Lone Star because there have been a lot of critics uh, uh, within uh, both the Republican Party and the Democrats, obviously, who don't like it. But uh, it's, uh, I mean, it's the best that we can do. And, um, you know, absent the uh, the uh, federal government doing anything. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And we're going to continue to do our best. You know, the good Lord put us here. And uh, when we get called up uh, and it's our turn to go to the gates, uh, we better have a good answer about what we did while we were here on Earth. You got so it. we're going to continue on. Thank you very much, folks. We've been speaking with our good friend, uh, Sheriff Roy Boyd from Goliad County, Texas. Thank you very, very much, uh, Sheriff, and you stay safe out there. God bless you, George. Thank you. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got our good friend, Congressman Randy Weber from the 14th District of Texas, and uh, which is the, the um, district by uh, along the, uh, along the uh, Texas coast, uh, stretch, stretching roughly from uh, Lake Jackson to, uh, to the Louisiana border, the Golden Triangle. So, uh, welcome to the show, Congressman. You um, you are now going to be uh, the ranking member of the um, Space Science and Technology Committee, as well as you're going to be serving on the Transportation and Infrastructure Committee. Um, welcome to the show. Tell us what your thoughts are about the recent State of the Union address that you attended. <laughs> you were there personally um, by the president. I mean, what uh, what were your thoughts on that? Well, uh, thanks for getting us on, George. And uh, actually, Randy Weber won't be the ranking member on science. That's going to be George. I mean, Frank Lucas. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's all right. And then I jumped over to the Energy and Commerce Committee, by the way, uh, off T and I, so it, which has a lot wider purview. It's the oldest committee, believe it or not, in America. It's actually mentioned in the Constitution. And we have an extremely wide purview of things. But back, back to uh, so. Uh, uh, thanks for having me on. This is a great venue. We appreciate what you guys do. Texas is lucky to have y'all on, and we sure appreciate that. Uh, and I know the Democrats hate it, but hey, oh well, that's, <laughs> a lot. that's the way it is. Yeah. But uh, the State of the Union, I was there in person, watched the president uh, make, in my opinion, make a mockery of the process. He said things about Republicans. And he got pushback on it, as you well know, when they said the Republicans want to, want to uh, what do you say, strip or do away with Social Security and Medicare. It's all boo, boo, boo. <laughs> and, then he, and then he started saying, no, I mean, if you don't believe me, come to the office. I've got proof, blah, blah. There's some of you, not all of you, but some of you. And it's like, come on, man, don't go up there and lie to the American uh, people. But, George, that's that's their tactics. That's the Democrats' tactics. They want to lie about Republicans try to play, uh, and conservatives, try to paint us in the corners. You know, we're the bad guys. We don't like, um, as I used to say, my, some of my Democrat opponents would talk about me and say that I'm against, you know, Mother Nature. I'm against women. I'm against minorities. I'm against the earth. I want the earth to be demolished because of global warming. Uh, I don't like children. You know, what else? I'll leave, leave it out. I'm against baseball, motherhood, and apple pie. <laughs> and so so they engage in the politics of personal destruction. And the president of the United States did that when he lied about us, uh, about Medicare and Social Security. That was just an out-and-out flat lie. 
And, of course, a lot of your liberal uh, news outlets are saying, oh, Republicans were so disrespectful. Well, hey, if he doesn't lie, he won't get called out on it. There's nothing disrespectful about that. Um, he also said at one point, if you if you watched it really carefully, closely, you might be able to hear me. I didn't scream it out. But at one point he said, yeah, we're all important. We're all created in God's image. And I said, what about the babies? You know, what about children? You know, and a lot of my friends looked around me and started clapping and said, yeah, right on, Weber. But, I, you know, I wasn't as loud as some of the others were. Uh, he made a mockery of it. As you know, never said much about the border. Uh, never really talked about the balloon all that much. And just for our friends to try to somehow get a laugh out of this is so sad and so crazy. I told, uh, I said to my friends, I'm going to go tell Speaker McCarthy, whatever he does after the end of the speech, don't tear up his speech. Uh, but he might consider taping it to a helium balloon and send it across the floor of the house. <laughs> <laughs> to kind of send, send a message that America is watching. America, all that I've heard, the feedback that I've heard, America said, you know what? All he was trying to do was a rah-rah speech to get ready in 20, to run in 2024. But Americans, I don't believe, George, are going to be fooled by it. I certainly hope not. You know, one of the things that really that I find so offensive, Congressman, and since you're on the Energy Committee, let, let me tell you, I mean, their attitude about uh, the oil industry and the coal industry, uh, making comments that somehow... Uh, they are responsible for making energy affordable. When every time I, I fill up my, my uh, truck, I've got to pay uh, over $100. I, I, I'm not sure where, where they, what, what planet are they living on? Well, that's a good question. They're so afraid. Of course, ALC said five years ago, didn't she say, we we're going to lose the planet in 12 years. So we've only got seven years to really worry about. <laughs> and, and, and Biden said, hey, fossil fuels are going to be around for 10 more years. I'm like, well, you know, thank you, Mr. President. I'm glad you you think that it's going to be around ten years. It's going to be around a lot a lot longer than that. They are literally trying to kill fossil fuel, George. To your point, and we are a very strong energy uh, district here on, on the, uh, as you know, on the upper Gulf Coast of Texas. And for him to stand there and say those things is just unbelievable. Um, I'm going to backtrack just a minute. Yesterday morning, I went to the classified briefing on the balloon. So we we sat in there. We heard stuff that would make Americans mad if they knew it. Matter, I should say, matter. And so that that uh, he has tried to do a number on fossil fuels, uh, in energy independence. As you know, President Trump had us energy independent and pretty much dominant. Biden goes overseas with a gas can in hand, begs the Saudis the, for to produce more oil, and begs the Venezuelans for more oil. And I, we're saying, Mister. President, why don't you come to Texas and beg us to produce more oil? (laughs) They act act like oil is the bad bad culprit. And the truth is, George, we produce energy cleaner than any other country in the world. And this is what our focus is on the Energy and Commerce Committee. We've got a lot of focuses, actually. Uh, We don't want CRT taught to our, our, our students. We don't want parents designated as domestic terrorists because they give a darn about what their kids are hearing in school. Um, we're working on spending cuts. You know, we want to, and as you, as you know, one of the first bills we passed out, uh, was cutting the 87,000 agents to the FBI, passed out of the House. And then, uh, one of the first bills that we passed out as the Energy Committee was that the president can't draw down the Strategic Petroleum Reserve without congressional approval. He has drawn it down, George, to the lowest uh, level in history, and, and more so than any other president, and I would say the last, well, the last 100 years, which is funny because it's only been in effect, been there since what, early 80s, but all combined, he has drawn it down to a lower level, George, than all of other presidents combined. Um, border control, of course, you talked about border control. We are doing our dead level best to see that we get some control on the border. In fact, uh, the Energy and Commerce Committee will be leaving, will be meeting down on the border, McAllen, Texas, uh, Wednesday. And we'll be there, oh, is it Tuesday night or Wednesday? I've got a calendar. That uh, keeps me on track. I'll have to look at it and see. Uh, we'll be there to tour the border. Uh, we'll, we'll hold a press conference down there. I'm sure there'll be a lot of press. And then we will be mo- moving over to Midland, Texas, speaking about energy. 
where a lot of the drilling for oil and stuff takes place in Texas. And so our role as Energy and Commerce Committee, number one, is that we have an oversight committee. I'm not on it. I'm on the subcommittee, Energy, Subcommittee, Communication, Subcommittee, Environment. Our role is to basically roll back a lot of the craziness that the Democrats did in the last uh, two to four years. If you, if you did the math, George Rodriguez, you would find out that the Democrats passed the highest debt ceiling increase in American history while they were in control. And it only took them 399 days to bust that cap. Wow. Just over one year, uh, you know, in a, in a month, you might as well say. And they could have, they could have. Now they're saying, oh, you got to pass a clean debt ceiling, got to pass a clean debt ceiling. Well, we want cuts for it, spending cuts for it. And George, they could have passed a, uh, a debt ceiling increase while they still had the gavel. Ask yourself. Correct. Why didn't they? Yep. Why didn't they? Yep. They they, they also talk about amnesty and and the dreamers and they when when they're in control they never do anything about that either. That, that's right. They had so much <laughs> they could do, but again, they're in the politics of personal destruction. They want to point at the Republicans and say, "Y'all don't care about the environment. Y'all don't care about the planet. You don't care about minorities. You don't care about women's rights." And, and like I said, all they do, they leave out is baseball, motherhood, and apple pie. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Congressman, because it it brings together two big issues for you. Um, at the border, they have recently caught an Iranian who was on the terrorist list, and they just caught him because, well, actually, it was DPS. It was not the Border Patrol that caught him. But then secondly, we recently heard of an attack on an electrical plant uh, somewhere in the United States. I think it was up north someplace. Um, I mean, how vulnerable are we at this point with our energy production, the little that, uh, or the, the what we've got, versus, you know, possible terrorists that have infiltrated into our country? There's nine electric grids in the United States. Texas has its own grid, or about 85% of the state does. Multiple power plants, of course, obviously, in the transmission. You got generating plants, we call them power plants, then you get transmission lines, that's the high line wires that runs electricity over to the cities and the homes and the business and stuff. And then you've got retail electric providers. Those are the ones who actually you've in Texas it's a, there's a website called power to choose dot org. People can go on and choose their REP or retail electric provider. All of that to say that we have a system that works pretty smoothly until so Winterstorm Yuri comes along. That was the perfect storm. A lot of things had you know happened. Uh, and I'm 69 years old. I've been on the Gulf Coast all my life, living in 20 mile radius, six, all 69 years. Never seen anything like that. <laughs> Our system is vulnerable to storms. There's no, there's no question about that. You can't really predict. I mean, they can't even predict what the weather is going to be next weekend, and yet they want to tell you that in 50 or 100 years, the temperature of the earth is going to be a degree <laughs> higher if we don't do something. Yes. It's like, really, you, you can't tell me what's going to happen in two weeks. You're going to tell me what's in 50 years. Our grid needs to be really hardened. And what you're seeing, just think of it this way. Remember, remember 9-11? Yes. Yes. How many terrorists? How many terrorists were in those planes? There was only thirteen of them that did all yeah, that damage. Yeah, and they, and that's right. So, uh, you know, you've got terrorists. It only takes, really, believe it or not, if you if you had nine grids and you had I don't know two or four or five or six uh, terrorists in each of those nine grids that wanted to knock out two or three of the power plants, they could do some major damage in this country and and why the president doesn't see that why he doesn't uh secure the border god only knows because we're no longer sovereign no sovereign border no sovereign nation that's right that's right congressman thank you very much for spending some time with us we really appreciate it uh where can they follow you how how can folks follow you well, I appreciate that. It's uh, randyweber.org uh, is, my main, is my site. And then, of course, I've got weber.house.gov, our Facebook. Um, and I've got a Facebook page. It's Weber for Texas. And then uh, I'm on Twitter. And, of course, uh, they can always call the office there in D.C. or some of the local offices around Beaumont. Lake City or Lake Jackson. But we're always open. We, we want to know what people are thinking. We want patriots to stand up like you're doing, George. Thank you for doing that. 
and we want them to make sure that our company, country stays the great country it's supposed to be. We thank you for that, Congressman. And thank yep. you for fighting for us there in that crazy place called Washington, D.C. <laughs> you bet. Thank, thank you, George. Once again, George Oliga is El Conservador, and we've been speaking with Congressman Randy Weber from uh, the 14th District of Texas. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got uh, our good friend, Mr. Ron Kovach, who is the uh, press secretary for FAIR, the, the uh, Federation for American Immigration Reform in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the show, Ron. Thank you for taking time to be with us. Howdy, George. Great to be back. Um, let me begin by asking you, because uh, I was hearing in the news... Uh, that um, the uh, balloons that uh, help the border patrol to watch what is who is crossing, where they're crossing, that those balloons, the majority of them, have been removed. On the other hand, we had we just recently had a Chinese spy balloon that went all the way across the United States before it was shot. Um, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> I wish I could tell you. I mean, you know, it's ultimately, as we've known the entire time, it's the Biden administration's deliberate uh, sort of plan to make sure that our border security isn't enforced. Um, I mean, whether it's the Chinese balloon coming from the north or the, you know, Customs and Border Protection balloons from the south, they want to make sure that, uh, you know, the American American border isn't secure for some reason, which is uh, beyond my understanding. Maybe it's electioneering or something along those lines. But at the end of the day, they're doing everything they can to try to reduce border security. Uh, Let me ask you um, the the, uh, State of the Union address that occurred this past week. Um, What were your thoughts? What um, what uh, are the think? What is the thinking at fair at this point? Yeah, of course. Well, you know, Biden gave this big speech. I think it was, you know, a little over an hour and a half long. And really, he only devoted about really six sentences, maybe a few seconds to the immigration issue. And now this is for two reasons. Either number one, he thinks that this is an issue that he doesn't have to worry about. Or number two, he knows that this is an issue that he's losing and he's trying to avoid it at all costs. And, you know, me, myself personally, and at FAIR, we don't seem to believe that it's the latter option, that really he just doesn't want to talk about it because he knows it's a losing issue. Really, the entire speech, he largely ignored the border crisis that he created um, by really not even talking about it. He attempted to shift the blame for the crisis, saying that the problems will not be fixed until Congress acts, basically trying to pass pass the buck along. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's all by design. Day one, he began by dismantling border security and immigration enforcement. And at the end of the day, he's been largely successful in his mission with, we're looking over his presidency, almost over 6 million people have crossed our borders, George. It's absolutely ridiculous. It really, really is. Now, the question that I've got, I I know that you, you, uh, uh, that Thayer participated in the letter that was put together, um, and uh, to the Congress, because you want to hold uh, the feet to, of Congress to to the fire. We of need uh, some things done. Tell us about that letter and uh, what was in it. Yeah, so, you know, back, you know, you were at the Feet to Fire event that we had last year. When we were going around there, that was in September time. Um, this was in the 117th Congress when Republicans were still in the minority in the House of Representatives. And what they did was they cooked up something called the Commitment to America. Inside of this commitment, what House Republicans said was, what we want to do is make sure our border is secure. We're going to interact more with Border Patrol. We're going to build the wall. We're going to do all these things, excuse me, we're going to do all these things which are going to make our country a safer place in pretending to the border. And, you know, they made all these promises. And now here we are in the 118th Congress. We have Kevin McCarthy in control. We have the House Republicans who are in control of Congress. And they're, they're still not passing any form of legislation. Now, this could be through a series of different options. But really what it is is we've seen a holdup from a lot of different congressional representatives, one of them being, uh, you know, your own Representative Tony Gonzalez. We had uh, Representative Chip Roy put out some legislation talking about increased border security, having less asylum because, you know, we need to make sure that less people are coming in. And uh, Representative Gonzalez. Gonzalez, he stood up and basically said, you know, well, we need to be letting more people into our country if we're doing all these border security measures. But I digress on that. Ultimately, what this letter stated was that we want Republicans to keep their commitment to America as a commitment and not just as something they wrote down in the letter. We want to make sure they're passing actual border enforcement legislation and making sure that our country is safe, which is what they're honestly failing to do right now. 
I'm glad you mentioned, uh, you know, the um, the two congressmen from from Texas, right here, in fact, from uh, from San Antonio, um, because uh, the mainstream media does not cover hardly anything about the border unless it is uh, conveniently something that uh, shows uh, illegal aliens as as victims. And uh, well, you know, if it's on the news over there, they're going to be talking about asylum seekers, right? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. It's incredible. So the uh, the situation that we're looking at at this point, um, with uh, the removal of balloons, with uh, the removal of uh, of uh, Title Forty Two, I mean, it, it just seems. Oh, oh, oh! And then there's this. Um, uh, if you would explain this situation where they people before they cross the border are getting uh, paroled already. Yeah, yeah, of course. So this was another part of Biden's State of the Union was he uh, made a really obnoxious claim where he said ever since he made his new CBP-1 app and was restricting um, was restricting entrance from Venezuela, Cuba, Nicaragua, and Haiti, ultimately what he said was we've seen border crossings go down 97% since my new policy, which is an absolute lie. You know, you know how the fact check meters go off all the time. This is for Pinocchio completely outlandish what he said. Ultimately, what happened was he ended up coming up with a policy where he's allowing 30,000 people into the country under a two-year parole program where they get to stay in our country legally for two years, George. There's going to be thousands of people over President Biden's entire presidency, which are going to be coming in, hundreds of thousands of people, which are going to be coming in, going to be able to stay here simply because Biden waved his magic executive order wand and was able to let him in. And because of that, you know, we get 30,000 new in every single month and the rest of them are pushed out of the country. But at the end of the day, we're still letting more people in who under any other guys, you know, looking at United States immigration law, anything other than this magic wand wave by Biden, they would be illegal aliens coming into our country. It, it is it is really, really shocking how they play with with words and with with the law. I mean, it, it, I mean, if you don't have any respect for truth, honesty, well, then I mean, how can you how can we be governed? I don't understand it. <laughs> It, it makes no sense, really, because, you know, the, the, it seems like the common theme that we hear from everyone is that our immigration system is broken. And really, that's not the case. Our system isn't broken. Our system's laws aren't being followed. What we need to do is actually enforce the laws on the books, make sure we're allowing people to come in properly. Just because there's higher traffic doesn't mean that all of our immigration laws should go to hell in the handbasket. We should still be enforcing what has been put on the books for decades. Amen to that. Amen to that. So um, in, in the next uh, a few weeks, a uh, couple of months. What do you see happening uh, with with our new Congress as well as with uh, the Biden administration? Well, you know, Biden is unfortunately going to seem like he's going to be same old, same old. The only thing they're going to try to do is let more in. It was, you know, at the tail end of the last Congress, Chuck Schumer said something along the lines of, we want to make sure we get all 11 million of them that are in the country legalized. And that's not too far-fetched from what Biden's been wanting and what Biden's been talking about. I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to push some amnesty for the DACA members, everything along those lines. But, you know, on the Republican side of things, I think we're going to start seeing them ramping up things a lot more. Just this week, we were able to see Congress pass a bill where they were able, well, it was the House representatives passed a bill where they tried to limit D.C. from allowing illegal aliens to vote. So anyone who's a non-citizen in D.C., doesn't matter whether you're a Russian diplomat or someone who was shipped here from Governor Abbott, both of those people right now, because of what the D.C. City Council voted on, are allowed to vote in the elections. With that being the case, Republicans came back this week and ended up passing a bill saying this is something we don't want to do. Whether or not it gets taken up in the Senate, that's yet to be determined. But the thing is, is that Republicans are finally passing. We've seen one piece of legislation since this letter came out talking about illegal aliens trying to limit the abilities of what they have inside of our country. And hopefully we just keep the ball rolling there. I mean, the bottom line is, if you reward, if you excuse and reward illegal immigration in any form or fashion, whether it's amnesty or allowing them to vote or allowing them to stay temporarily even, uh, you know, you you are rewarding them. And if yeah. you reward bad more- behavior, you're going to get more. Exactly, exactly. You hit it right on the head there. It's as long as we keep allowing more people who come into our country illegally, giving them a get out of jail free card, not having to go through the legitimate citizenship processes, not have, you know making them not go through legitimate visa claims, anything along those lines. We're just going to see more and more people coming because they realize how easy it is to get into our country. Well, I, I personally want to thank Fair 
for all of their efforts to keep us informed and keep on top of this uh, illegal immigration, border control issue, border crisis issue that we're looking at, um, because um, sooner or later it's going to come to everybody's backyard. I mean, you know, right now everybody looks at it and says, well, it's happening in El Paso, it's happening in Del Rio. But it's gonna, it's gonna sure, sooner or later, it's gonna raise its head in uh, in people's uh, backyard in Nebraska and mainstream America. Every state's a border state. We know that already. Ah, no kidding, my friend. Thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us. Anything else you'd like to add before we let you go? Well, we'd appreciate it if people were to check out FAIR, of course. We have our website, fairus.org. Of course, there's a lot of different information there, a lot more than we're able to fit into an interview. If you guys are interested in the topic, we definitely appreciate everyone going and checking us out there. We have a Facebook page called FAIR. We have Twitter, Instagram, both at FAIR Immigration. Um, and, of course, if you guys have a you know a couple couple uh, pennies at the bottom of the coin purse there, we appreciate a donation from you all so we can keep up the work we're doing. You got it. Folks, we do need to support FAIR. FAIR is the premier organization which is uh, defending and speaking out about our, our border crisis. Thank you very, very much, Ron, for being with us. Thank you so much for having me, George. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador in San Antonio. Folks, once again, thank you very, very much for, tu- for being in, to, tuning in today uh, and listening to our show. Uh, please tell folks about our show. Uh, let folks know that... Um, I am both available by radio or in person to come speak about the second phase of the immigration crisis, of the border crisis, because this is a crisis that's coming into your backyards, my friends. It's going to affect your public safety. It's going to affect your health. It's going to affect your schools. It's going to affect every part of American life. It is fundamentally as Obama said, it's going to fundamentally change us, my friends. We need, you need to hear from an American of Mexican descent directly about what's going on. So uh, if you want to support us also, please send a donation to 6430 Green Apple Drive, San Antonio, Texas, 78233. It would be a non-taxable, a tax-free donation. 6430 Green Apple Road, San Antonio, Texas, 78233. Thank you very much for being with us today. Tell your friends about our show. We'll talk to you again next week with more guests, more information, more news. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.